1: Hello and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability.
0: I'm Mike and I woke up Nick. Yes, you did. I am late today, <laughs> uh, per usual. Good morning. I find it
1: funny because I believe, was it yesterday, you posted some meme of a cat looking like it's going to cry and you said, it's me every time I'm waiting for you to come on and record.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was legit. That was honesty right there. I was foreshadowing. I was I was a little misty eyed this morning. It was. Mm. It's true. I apologize. I was tired, and I actually, I was up at like 6, 6.30, and I laid back down. I put all my alarms on. I changed my alarms to so super obnoxious noise. I'm like, this is perfect. I just need another hour. And then all of a sudden, you're calling me at like 8.05, and I'm like, hello? <laughs> so, Yeah, today had to be a, a little bit earlier recording
1: because I have a full slate the next two days, and I still have to edit and post this darn thing. Yeah, that's a lot to do, man. So anyways, let's go into the show. This is a little bit unique because I don't think we've ever covered this, but I want to talk about noise pollution. There's a lot of different kinds of pollution, and this is one that you can't necessarily wander around
0: and pick up and and throw away, but it is still a kind of pollution. Yeah, no, I I agree. I have different views on noise than most people do uh, because I really struggle with it. Even just you know, talking to someone If it's a loud room Or like in a kitchen Where there's a commercial hood vent You know, the exhaust fan Is going constantly It's like it clutters up my ears All I hear is that I hear, I hear more background And surrounding noises Than I do with the people I'm talking to I really struggle to Pull their voice out of a loud sound it, It's it's really frustrating. It drives my wife crazy and I don't mean it to, but like a lot of times I just can't hear what she says. Not that I can't hear what's going on, it's the opposite. I hear everything that's going on and I can't I can't pull someone's voice out of it.
1: Well, that sounds like it must be something that was handed down to us because I have the same problem. That background noise bleeds out what I'm actually trying to focus on and listen to. And with Jameson's voice, which she speaks very softly, even even though she jokes about her voice, it is hard to hear. She speaks very, very quietly in most mm-hmm. cases. Even the most basic of background sounds or the kids talking or the, the animals in the house wrestling around. sometimes i won't even know she has spoken
0: yeah Yeah. my wife's the same way like my wife is like loud when she's joking around and stuff but there's so many times she walks away from me and says something and then she turns around like well and i'm like well what she's like what are you gonna say and i'm like i have literally no idea what you're talking about
1: yeah well and, and i get myself in trouble occasionally for it but the reason why I wanted to have this discussion is just that reason, is that it's constantly forgotten as an annoyance. It is something that is that can be unhealthy. It is something that causes people grief. Um, it is an important factor, especially, you know me, I'm always trying to create this perfect city concept, this citizen-centric style city in my head, or even here in Duran, and noise Would would plays a big factor in how people feel and how comfortable they are in a certain area. You know, it's not like air pollution or other kinds of pollution, water pollution, but it is. It can disrupt
0: a person just as much as any other kind of pollution. Yeah, I don't doubt it. And not just people, animals and other types of uh, creatures too. Depending on the type of noise pollution and what they're accustomed to, you can interrupt entire mating cycles of animals by doing construction in the area they live in and maybe you're not actually affecting where they live but if the loud if the noises are loud enough and and the vibrations are strong enough you could affect entire populations of things so it just noise is a lot more powerful than people realize. Also, I want to, I want people to understand that when I say noise, sound is vibrating energy. So it's not like it's just this thing. When you say something, you're vibrating your vocal cords, energy is coming out of your mouth and, and it, it bounces off of things. It, it's the reason that when you, when lightning strikes and you hear thunder, like that is the sound it makes. It's, uh, it's a lot more powerful than people give it credit for.
1: It is. It is. And you were talking about how it can disrupt nature, and we'll get into that in a second. But I am sensitive to noises. I don't have great hearing. I used to work at a gun club as a kid, so I don't have wonderful hearing. But, for example, when I watch TV and I'm sitting working on something, the volume is at like 15. I want a faint sound of what I'm listening to in the background. When Jameson watches TV, it's at 40. Like And same thing with Grayson. They would like it super loud. I don't know if it's for the experience of it, but it is very disruptive to me. It bothers me. I have a hard time doing my work on the computer or whatever I'm trying to concentrate on. It is just too aggressive. For me to sit and focus on that, on my one thing. That's why I like to keep things soft. When I listen to music, I listen to it quietly. I listen to things softly. But others listen to things loud.
0: But for me, my sensitivity to it, it's almost obnoxious. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite of you. I listen to like my music definitely loud because I want it, I want to be immersed in it. I don't want to listen to the outside world. I don't I don't want to hear you know my favorite song while i subconsciously hear the dog bark and obviously there are exceptions it's not like every time i turn music out it's dialed up to 11 but if i'm listening to music like if i'm cleaning the house i got some headphones in oh i'm jamming best believe if you <laughs> heard what was going through my head you'd probably freak out but yeah i i don't really i don't really like it soft because i, I want to hear what i want to hear but also on the flip side like with television i, I don't really know i don't really like the tv super loud unless it merits it some shows aren't consistent with their their sound level so like like Supernatural's one you know we'll watch two or three episodes and it's fine and then we'll watch a like we'll get to an episode and it's like everything is super loud like mm-hmm. super loud so we have to turn the tv down next episode back to the previous you know level so here we go turning it back up um the one thing I have found in, in all the noises in my house, the one that annoys me the most is the sound of I have a fish tanks and the sound of the water coming out of the filter and, you know, splashing with the rest of it as it cycles. That is obnoxiously loud. And it's not even that necessarily it's that loud. It is, but it's not like the loudest thing in the world. It's just such a unique sound. When you hear it, you can't not hear it and you focus on it. And before you know it, it's all you hear.
1: Yeah. So let's give a baseline for decibels on things real quick, because sometimes it's hard to kind of um, quantify a sound, but like someone's normal breathing is only about 10 decibels. Whispering softly is 20. I'm sorry. Whispering at five feet away is 20 decibels, 30 decibels to just whisper. Now do your whisper again. Tell me more. (laughs) The normal conversations like you and I are having now happen at about 60 decibels shouting in someone's ear which seems unfortunate is 110 decibels and thunder is about 120 so it gives us kind of an idea because i have a i have a list of all kinds of things and their deci- their
0: averaged decibels but it gives you an idea of what how we can quantify those i would be willing to wager without having some way to measure it that my my general talking, like my voice, is over the average. I tend to project my voice and speak loudly and clearly so people can hear me. I don't like having to repeat myself if I don't have to. To a point where if you don't know me, especially at work, you might think I'm shouting or I am, I'm, I'm upset. But generally, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm speaking in a concise manner so I can be heard and understood okay another thing i want to go over real quick before we fully
1: start is what is noise pollution like the definition it's any unwanted or disturbing sound in an environment that can affect your health or well-being of humans uh, or other living organisms so any kind of unpleasant or unwarranted or unwanted sound and the top five causes of noise pollution is in most cases, I assume this is primarily pulled from cities because it'd be dramatically different in rural areas. Is traffic noise, air traffic noise, construction site noise? It says catering and nightlife. So, Nick, man, you're killing us with all your noise. Clinkity clank. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the last one, maybe this is the rural animals, you know, the crickets, the Cincadias, the because at nighttime you can have. A pretty loud night at times, frogs. at least here in Michigan.
0: Frogs are hands down the number one culprit for that. I mean, you can say crickets and stuff, but like if you near live near water, it's frogs. <laughs> so I guess noise pollution in some cases is by
1: the individual. Like if I'm sitting there listening to frogs, I find it entertaining. I find it it doesn't disrupt me, but someone else it may. So what I want to focus on is primarily just the concept of noise and what it does to us, because you're right about the vibrations. The noise is vibrations, but I think that's forgotten sometimes in the mix. When they were talking about putting a launch pad for SpaceX in upper Michigan, Mm -hmm. that was the biggest concern because there really isn't much up there. They're talking about bringing the economy and, you know, really kind of building up the, the spot up there. But. Up north of Michigan is one of those places where the ecology really does matter. And it would disrupt the ecology for miles.
0: Yeah, of course it would. So I uh, obviously I wouldn't know the full effect of it unless we were to see it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna equate it to something that you know you and I both know very well and that you've experienced too. So and I know it's been a lot of years, but I, and I, I need you to I need you to go back in your memory bank, Michael, and think about this. When we were kids, or at least when I was a kid, but when we were younger, the drag strip you're at the drag step okay when you watch an NHRA or an ihra funny car or top fuel rail launch if you're at the starting line it's one thing if you are at the end of the track when you watch it launch by time you realize a car is coming towards you you feel the vibrations of the motor shake your whole body predominantly your chest you feel it. that's the power of the sound it's making so much horsepower that the sound is shaking you because these cars don't weigh much it's not like it's you know a big piece of construction equipment if they weigh a thousand pounds they're doing good that's what the driver and they don't weigh anything it's mm-hmm. pure power and the sound of it shakes the ever-living you know jeebers out of you now imagine that because that's about Twelve thousand horsepower. Imagine that, but times a hundred and shooting straight up. Imagine the amount of vibration and power that's going to go through the ground when they ignite a rocket. When this this thousand, like this humongous, essentially this this semi pointed straight up, is starting to defy the laws of gravity and it's starting to just it's starting to float into the air. The amount of power and it's going to send out like, like a, like throwing a giant, like humongous rock in a pond, like just the waves are going to go out and it, it would probably make the ground tremble under your feet. But think about everything smaller than you. Think about frogs, think about insects, about squirrels, about birds, about any other small creature that it's like they are living their normal life. And then to them, it's going to feel like an apocalypse. They don't know what's going on. They're just going to panic and freak out.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're right. I remember those those trips to the drag strip and and how it would rattle my rib cage and how it moved me physically, you know, in, in a sense. And, and that's with a high por- horsepower vehicle attempting to move horizontal. Uh-huh. When, it, when it comes to a rocket, it is using the force of push from the ground, that thrust. So, it has to press against the ground. It has to create that vibration. All that Mm -hmm. horsepower is hitting straight down into the ground. You know, so it was one of those things that, yes, I am a space nerd. I love that kind of stuff, but it's not ideal, you know, for up north in Michigan because we live, Michigan is special because of its ecology up north. And that would, that would damage for miles and miles and not even counting where the cities and towns would pop up and start to build up around it that would have devastated that area. And you were just talking about some of the possible fit, like effects that would happen to small creatures. Same thing happens to us even when it's not that loud. So, you know, you you can actually have physical problems with too much noise pollution on a regular basis. Um, mm-hmm physical psychological there's tons of different issues that can happen when there's far too much noise pollution which is like if i take my stepdad who loves a nice dark quiet room and when he sleeps and take him to downtown new york and put him in an apartment the man is never sleeping again no everything around him is noise pollution
0: do not do that to our step i love him
1: (laughs) i would not not to say as a kid we didn't just cause noise on a regular basis and constantly annoy him,
0: but... You're you're an <laughs>
1: Azarian. I'm sure you did. It's actually kind of amazing how big noise plays a role in the human psyche and in the human body. You can have problems from that vibration. There's respiratory uh, respiratory irritation that can come from it, erasing pulse. You can actually it create high blood pressure, get headaches. All of these things purely from noise pollution and that's just kind of a basic noise pollution on top of the psychological effects like you can actually cause physical problems is what i'm saying and it's really from the stress of it all
0: well i was gonna say i think i was gonna say they go they go hand in hand because any physical any physical changes you're going to undergo from that, from from noise pollution, are going to be based solely on your your stress level and your frustration. Your your stress and your your well stress management and your ability to compartmentalize things that bother you directly correlates with how much you know your body reacts to to stressful situations, to sadness, to anger, to all this stuff. And if you're the kind of person where you just like, mo- and honestly, most people are like this. They have the routine. They have the things they like on a regular basis. Anything that disrupts that tends to do it in a energetic way not necessarily that has to be a big pollution but it will get a big response so here you are like this morning i'm sitting here drinking coffee if my neighbor was blasting super loud music in the morning while i was trying to wake up drink my coffee it would really mess with me i'd be really frustrated and while i do love loud music i would not feel it's appropriate at that moment simply because it's not what i'm used to and so i'd be irritable i'd be irritable and i'd be angry and that would set a bad tone for the rest of the day it would make my breathing a little shallower, a little shorter i'd be quick to Um, quicker to have a sour temper i'd be annoyed and because of that my blood pressure go up and then you have then i get a headache because i'm just so i'm so stressed and tense like i totally understand what you're saying essentially what you're saying is it's annoying boo and that ain't good
1: (laughs) well think about how many times when you oh this place was so relaxing usually the first thing you say is it was quiet you know, when something is, re- very rarely is the metal concert relaxing. Very rarely is downtown construction relaxing. Usually it's a
0: relaxing environment that includes some level of silence. I would agree with that. I think that when you get caught up in your your day-to-day life, you get so accustomed to the amount of stress where you, you have an acceptable level of stress, like a an average, if you will, um throughout your day to day life that when, you, when you're taken out of that, when you go on like a vacation and stuff. Um, and while you are generally exhausted when you get back because of all the things you did, it was a nice snapshot of you being removed from your daily regular. So yeah, the quiet places are awesome. Um, a lot of times they show like these, these retreats where it's out in nature and all you hear is like birds chirping and stuff like that. And it's, it's beautiful, man. It really is. And I totally understand like the, it's a, it's a lack of noise pollution and that is, it's, it's important. Yeah. So, and that's where the psychological part
1: comes in. When you have that quiet, I'm that weird guy that doesn't listen to a lot of music. Jamie picks on me on a pretty regular basis. If I, I have driven to Virginia with the radio off.
0: That's can, psychopathic.
1: <laughs> just I'm looking at sites. I'm thinking about other projects. I'm, I'm thinking about this project. It's my opportunity to, to relax in a quiet atmosphere for a long period of time. And I am, absolutely comfortable with doing that i don't need a radio i don't need a talk show every once in a while i might throw on a podcast but really i don't i want to take that time to use it to organize my thoughts and that's some of the cycle i enjoy that time when i go to work and come home that 48 minutes is my quiet time to myself
0: i so i understand that i really do i get it but the same token like but i've always been more into music than the average person like uh, there are many moments in my life where music is how I, I relate to life, how i how I understand things and how i how I have moments where I feel understood when when I feel like the rest of the world doesn't see me. I know this sounds melodramatic and stuff, but I, I mean it. like it, it music has a way of uh, allowing me to express things and feel things that I generally don't. And so I don't know if I could do a ten or twelve hour drive without music. I don't think I'd want to. But also, if I if I've got stuff to think about, like if I've got ideas and bouncing around, I totally get that part. I do. Like it's I, I totally understand that. I just music helps me be more me. Well, and I've never really spent the time with music. If I like a song, it's
1: probably the song everybody likes because it was designed to make everybody like it. I don't have that deep rooted listening to the words. I matter of fact, there's probably not 10 songs in this whole world that I can I can tell you all the words in. Like I just don't. I just I listen to it for the noise and that is it. I keep it quiet. Now and I here's a fun part of adding it to the psychological changes that happen when there's too much noise and, and disruption. Have you ever turned down the radio to see better?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's more of a concentration thing, but it's yeah, it's it's you have to you know your your ability to process your your sensory organs is is really divided, obviously. And so you have to Diminish its capacity for one to strengthen the other one. That's I shouldn't say diminish its capacity because you're not, you're just d- diminishing your intake. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't do that in a city. Like it's a good
1: example of how noise disrupts us and our most and creates or does not help in a stressful moment. If you're driving in a downtown city and you're just trying to get from point A to point B and you're struggling and you're like, I can't see where to turn, you turn down the radio. That is your body telling you enough. We need to concentrate. That is too much. It then became noise pollution at that very moment. But I always make the joke that you're turning it down so you can see. Doesn't it intuitively doesn't make much sense? But it actually
0: does. Well, it's it's allowing you to focus. And for me, so like I'm I'll I'll be honest. I don't. Okay, so I don't believe multitasking is real. It is physically impossible for your brain to do two things at the exact same time. You can't. You can switch bang 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 real fast, but you can't you can't you don't have two minds you can't be consciously doing two ex, two things at the exact same time unless they're things that are staggered output and and that you either understand that or you don't i, I can't really explain actually, that actually you're
1: actually you're 100 correct there that is a myth there is no such thing and as multi-testing it's
0: called multi-switching that's what i mean it's it's like it has to like it's got to fire separately otherwise you'd be two of you and so what the reason i say that is because when i'm in the kitchen and we're busy and we're like okay well you know it's 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 9 a.m at 11 o'clock i said this wedding out one o'clock this has got to go out in three o'clock like my brain is focused on a timetable and every single thing i do every move every step i make short of maybe the unexpected bathroom break is accounted for already before we move forward however when anything disrupts that at all anything something mundane uh, someone walking in the back door of the bit of the building to chat with me i drop a spoon on the floor anything i i'm like a hair away from losing my mind like i get right not i can't take the added input I, it's not that i'm in a bad mood it's not that I'm, I'm angry i just i'm already everything is stretched as far as i can handle it and manage it at that moment any added stress any added noise any added you know noise pollution anything is more than my system handles and so I re, it, it responds with frustration and irritability. And I still make it, but it's it deteriorates very quickly.
1: And we wonder why in larger cities, you know, we talk about the, like they always make jokes about the aggression of the people in a larger city. Their baseline noise is at traffic levels, minimum. You know, their baseline noise is above a normal conversation. Now, it may not be screaming in their ear, but it is definitely a high level of consistent noise, and that can cause all kinds of psychological effects on people, even subconsciously. So the same thing that's happening to you is you're running through this, you're motoring through over this period of time that's causing this irritation. In cities, we can do that to millions of people at the same time.
0: Yeah, and that's that's just the way they live, though. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on all the time. That's their that's their their daily average. That's their standard of being. And I oh my god, I think I'd be a monster if I lived in like Manhattan. I don't think I can handle it.
1: Well, and that's where you know people in the country go. Oh, I can't do cities. That's a big chunk of why you can't do cities. There's some freedom pieces too, being able to move for, in a freer way in in rural areas than you do in major city areas. Even though that may not be necessarily true, it's just the we're just used to certain modes. But that noise level can cause panic attacks, you know, these high levels of stress, fatigue, depression, anxiety, even hysteria in humans and or animals that are in those kinds of environments. So as you get this noise level, let me grab my little thing here and see if I have, you know, kind of the noise. The, if you have just basic construction going on outside your window, it's around 100 decibels. And you know it's shooting up and down periodically. Just traffic, freeway traffic is 70. Heavy traffic is 85. You know, a motorcycle mm-hmm. going by can be over 100. These are all things that can definitely disrupt a person. And, it, and it's just their baseline, which is to me a little scary because it, it, that means we have people who are living in these environments that have a heart. if they're healthy, they've worked hard. Because they're living in an environment that is unhealthy. Sleep disorders, that it's been recorded that something as low as 45 decibels, this is below the sound of average rain, can keep you out of REM sleep. Really? And, you know, I'm sure there's some kind of variance to that, but the refrigerator, when it kicks on, is 50. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, so all these little things throughout the house, all these little noises that come from outside, the ones that are inside, even in our rural areas can can not guaranteed but can prevent you from even getting decent sleep and decent rest. now, imagine if you're in a city and you have a heck of a time getting very good rest, and then you follow it up with a full day of noise. I think that's a recipe for irritation
0: uh yeah i'm not
1: I'm not arguing that. Matter of fact, so if you're a listener out there and you live in a large city, do you notice this thing? Do you notice that it's different? I mean, is it too quiet if you came out to visit us out here in a rural area? Like, has your body just adapted to it in that sense? Let us know. Put some comments in. Send us a message. Give us a call. Drop us a letter. Any way you want to communicate. I'm curious because I've never lived in a major city, and I've always been in reasonably – rural areas other than some uh, a stint of time in downtown flint i'm curious to see is it something that we think we just get over or i wonder if there's also some data that shows that being in the city is a little less healthy when it comes
0: to noise i'm sure there is if we look hard enough we could find it i think that the i don't normally agree with the masses but i think that the amount of people in general that um are constantly agitated and frustrated in every big city it would speak for itself when you live on top of each other, like I think humans are social creatures, but I think it you know, after a while, uh, we still need space. we need time to decompress and to kind of collect ourselves. Like we need that long drive, if you will. doesn't always have to be a drive, but it, everyone needs moments to themselves. and um I think that absolutely we'd find a correlation between the the overstimulation and frustration. I'm sure we would
1: well, and so like the, the last thing I have on here, I think kind of. Is a symptom of the others, but memory and concentration declines over time. Oh, for the, sure. You know, the more distracted you are, the more noise there is, the more, and I think even with irritation, stress, any of those things we talked about ahead of time will will wear on your ability to do what you do.
0: Well, I, that's accurate, but I also think that when you're when you're struggling to focus, when you're just you're when you're just trying to function and get through the day. You stop remembering as much stuff that happens throughout the day because it becomes normal. So, like, for instance, throughout my day, I can talk to Heather and talk to her stepmom and talk to all this stuff about catering. And unless it was something very important, like something that really happened that rocked me, I'll forget half the conversations. Like, and I mean, forget them. Like, you can sit there, you can redo the whole thing for me, and it will never, it'll never click. I'll never remember it. And it's not that I'm losing my memory. It's just, it's my, my brain goes into autopilot and it's like a nod and smile kind of thing. And I don't mean it to, but I'm just, uh, when I'm busy, I'm so overstimulated that I, I just can't take anything else in, Michael.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, before I get us over closer to a close, because we are kind
1: of getting getting there, I found a stat that was pretty interesting, and that is our ears and our mind need 16 hours of rest if they are exposed to up to four hours of exposure of decibels over 100. Really? 16 hours? In order for us to come back to a baseline from four hours of noise, it takes 16 hours to relax everything and put us back to where we were. Now, with that being said, I want to read off a couple of things. And I'm going to look at some things that take longer than four hours. Just the simple fact of hundreds of thousands of people work in plants all across the United States and and even more all across the world, which are usually eight to 10-hour shifts. Machinery, factory machinery averages 100 decibels. So that exposure is well likely more than going to be four hours. That if you're a person, if you're a person that does lawn care, the leaf blower is about 110. If you're using heavy machinery, about 120. Ambulances, 120. Jackhammer, power drills, these heavy equipments, pieces like this, 130 decibels. The mm-hmm. same as an, the same as an air raid siren. Percussion sections of a sympathy, or sympathy, symphony is 130. These are things that we deal with. All the time. If you're in a woodworking class or you like to do woodworking, wear ear protection, it's around a hundred. So if you're exposed to these kinds of noise, car horns one ten. Even a rock concert can be roughly that long at times, you know, two, three mm-hmm. hours at least. Oh, for,
0: I've been to four-hour rock concerts, absolutely.
1: And that's 110 to 120 decibels. Basic traffic is very, very close. These are all things that are not uncommon in our lives. And we don't get 16 hours of rest. If you work at the plant, if you work at a manufacturing plant,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you are not getting 16 hours of rest between that exposure.
0: Oh, no, absolutely not.
1: You know, so these are things. So when when we do an episode like this, I hope that it's something that people are interested in because it's something out of the normal perspective. Look at your life. Where does your noise come from? Do you get the proper rest? Can you have ear protection when you're working somewhere? If you can use it because Mm -hmm. it will, you will feel better over time. If it's just one of those factors, I know we've talked about eating, right? We've talked about exercise. We've talked about clean air. But noise pollution is another one that can greatly disrupt the human body, and we barely even touch the fact of wildlife. Wildlife is more affected than we are because at least we know what the noise is.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I meant about like it feels like an apocalypse to them. They don't know what's going on. All they know is ah. Yeah, yeah. So you know,
1: I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. That it, you bring something to you, and I hope that you take a look at your surroundings and see what is my noise profile? What is my noise pollution profile? Do I live in a place or am I around a ton of noise pollution? If so, maybe you can do some adjustments and maybe you'll feel better. Even if you feel okay today, you might feel even better adjusting to that a little bit. So, Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you spending your, your time to join us today. If you, like, if you if you liked this episode, share it with a friend or on social media. If you want to help realistic sustainability, follow us. Click the follow button. It helps tremendously. And we're easy to find when you do it. So click the follow button on your favorite podcast platform. Click a like. Leave a message. Put some kind of note in there. Just show the algorithm that you're paying attention and that, that you like the show. Give us that five-star review. That's just me being greedy. I love reading the five-star reviews. It is, to me, very fulfilling. Feel free. Give us a five-star review. And last, if you feel that this show brings a lot of value to your life, you can always help Realistic Sustainability, Nick and I, financial support. You can do that at anchor.fm by searching Realistic Sustainability or just go to our website, readingyourlife.org forward slash podcast, where you can simply leave a one-time donation or set yourself up for monthly donations. This time I will say 99 cents per month actually is less than $12 a year. Great job. Last time I said it was a month, uh, which, by the way, I fixed before I put out the recording. But you can. Any of these are greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. And remember, we get together each week simply to get a little bit better. Little bit, little bit, big bit. Thanks again for listening. I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. And we will see you next week. Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know. But I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. Available on Amazon, eBay. Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future.